my man. Can you hear me? I think your mic is muted. It says your mic is muted. There you go. You got me now? I can hear you, my good sir. Oh, man. How you doing, bro? I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Things are good. 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 I'm glad to see it, man. I'm glad to see it. So you got this uh, podcast kicking off, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You are the official second guest. I had uh, a guest yesterday, and it was a pretty good conversation. So when I get the time, I'll go back and listen to it. Oh. Um, try to learn from it, you know, and, and go for it after that. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm like I said, man, I was humbled that you even thought of me to to, to, to be a guest on the show. So, you know, it's my privilege, man. It's my privilege. Uh, yeah. Anytime I've ever talked to you, it's always been in good spirits and we've always had a good conversation. So I said, that's true. Yeah, I've always I was just like, well, since anytime we meet, whether it's in passing or when I mm -hmm. come to, you know, do do some some business at the bank. It's always mm -hmm. been good, so why why not? Why the hell not? I was I was just telling my wife that actually. So yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah. How's so, she? Is she good? She's good, man. She's you know we're still out here in Connecticut doing our thing. Uh, she's uh, wrapping up her PhD uh, here in chemistry, you know. So it's salute uh, to her. salute to her. Yeah, so she's working on that. She's on she's on that you know that grind right now. She's kind of oh, yeah. in that eleventh yeah in that eleventh hour you know hard hard working. So you know I uh, I actually had to kind of shoo her out of the office. I was like, hey babe, I gotta I gotta use the office room. Right, I got a little yeah. business to do too. <laughs> Yeah, so, but no, man, I mean, things are good, you know, kind of live with the quiet life out here in Connecticut, you know, okay. uh, it's a lot different than the Chicago, definitely a lot more different than living back in Chicago. Uh, How so? I got, How so? Well, I mean, I look at my backyard, man, I got woods, you know, I got family of deer that live in the woods behind us. A couple of years ago, we had some turkeys that were living there, oh. you know, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you drive down the road, there's a big property, it's got a bunch of ponds. And there's a big, big, huge family of geese that just, mm -hmm. just live down there. Some days they decide to cross the road and block it. Some days they don't, you know. It's, <laughs> More of a, <laughs> a little rural living, huh? Yeah, it really is. But I've, I've, I have uh, grown had to have a good, a fond, and appreciated it uh, a lot more than I did when I first moved here. So uh, it's it has a more peaceful dynamic to it, huh? Uh, man, let me tell you. Um, uh, born and raised in the city, love the city, you know, uh, uh, always, always have a piece of my heart, but there's something to be said about living out in the country, self-sustained, quiet, you know, just, you know, you, you, you and your family, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, do you uh, mind? No, man, I haven't gotten into that or anything like that. I'm not opposed to it. I just, uh, I don't really... I don't really know anybody who does it. Okay. I guess I never really, you know, said, Hey, you know, who wants to go hunting with me? You know, I mean, yeah. uh, but I, I, I don't know. I'm not really opposed to it, I guess, you know, I mean, uh, to each their own really, you know, I mean, uh, as long as you ain't whacking off some kind of endangered species, you know, or something like that, I guess, yeah. you know, Once follow you the rules. That, you definitely want to avoid that part. Yeah. You know, follow the rules that are out there, I guess. And I'm all for it. You know, that's, yeah. you know, they got that stuff set up. So, but Connecticut's a little different. They got a lot of deer out here, man. So deer hunting's pretty big out here. So I bet, I bet. Yeah, and then, uh, but they've been having a big problem on the on the 
uh, western side of the state with black bears. So oh, they've wow. been coming in, yeah, coming up in people's backyards and properties and rummaging through trash and stuff like that. So the state's got to like tag them and try to like they they tag them and then they tranquilize them and they take them somewhere and dart them off somewhere and then if they keep coming back too many times, they'll actually euthanize them. So it's wow. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy because they just keep coming back to the same spots to get the food. Yeah, why, so, why not? Yeah. Is a it's a feeding ground or hunt as a they're, yeah, they're clever. Or yeah, it's yeah. it's clever. So, but that, what about you, man? Uh, what's going on in Chicago? Uh, it's you know, weird. I, I was just I was just there, so I had a little vibe of it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird, it's, right? It's weird. Yeah, it was, it's mm-hmm. super fucking weird, man. So we live in this time, uh, you know, what they're calling COVID nineteen, and uh, still working, still doing music, but. Uh, the streets are so empty now because during this time of year, we, we're used to having a vibrant city and then that city life from sunup to sundown where people come out and they enjoy it. There's uh, festivals, there's uh, beer fest, there's all these different things going on. And now you're looking around like just seeing people now, you're happy to see them when, when it used to be during the summer and it was thick outside filled with mm-hmm. people. You would rather be just, you know, I want to get home. I just want to be around my select group of people that, I, that I'm mm-hmm. cool with. And now mm-hmm. it's just like to see people, you kind of just smile and have an appreciation more for it uh, mm-hmm. just because of the nature of the situation. Um, working is different, you know. Uh, you're used to having group clientele stay where you are, and now it's just guests who, do, who, who check in. Like, it's, it's so different, you know. You have to be mindful of, uh, of sanitation, you know, being clean about your hands, your own health. And, and because mm-hmm. my mom is older, you know, you, you definitely have to be careful about that, right? Because you don't want to make sure, you don't want to get her sick at mm-hmm. any point in time. So uh, I still love Chicago, but this is just weird, man. This is yeah. just weird. It's, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm living The Walking Dead or something, you know? Like I'm walking was, around with my backpack. I got my water in my in my backpack. You know, I got fruit with me. Um, it's just weird because that's what I normally do. You know, I'm trying to keep it a lean diet, but yeah, it just it's just so weird. It's just so weird. You know, it's, it, it was has, uh has its up and ups and downs. You're right about that. I mean, uh, I I saw those ups and downs in that little time that I was there. I mean. Um, yeah, we we were out there. It's been almost two weeks now, but it was kind of when they had that last uh, that last uprising up in the downtown area, yeah. where there's some riots and stuff. Yeah, I had just gotten there that Friday beforehand, uh, and I was staying with my pops, and we were staying on the south side over in the Oakland area. And then um, that that Sunday night, that a lot of that stuff started happening. Uh, we decided we were gonna go stay at my mom's house. Up, and she just happened to move at a new place that was right there by. Uh, uh, the Intercontinental Hotel. So, okay. so I was like, yeah, it'd be cool. We'll go stay downtown. We did that. So me and me and my wife and when we walked around the city and man, it was vibrant. There was all kinds of people out. We walked the river walk, you know, yeah. it was Sunday yeah. evening, yeah. everybody. And then a lot of the spots over there were still allowing some of like the bring your own liquor or get it from the spots on the river. So people yeah. were just kind of hanging out, picnicking, drinking, you know, everything was great, man. Shooting the shit, having a good yeah, time. It was really weird. And then, you know, we go back up and we go back up to sleep and boom, I wake up the next morning, man. And I'm like, she's like, hey, there were riots. 
what? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah. yeah. I was like, wow. Because I was just talking about it. I was like, man, this is the kind of thing that I feel that the city needs. I was like, look, everybody's out just just releasing right now, uh, letting all that positive energy out, yeah. you know, because that was the thing that I was telling her. I was like, it's been a while, I'm sure, since you've seen every neighborhood represented back in the loop again, you know, and that's what I was seeing, you know, when I was walking around through there, and I was really kind of vibing that. I was like, man, this is really cool. This is what Chicago's about. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then later that night, man, we found out about it. I was like, just, you know, it just shows you, it just takes a few, you know, to, to kind of mess up everything for a big thing, you know. Very true. Very true. <clears throat> uh, you would you would like to see things be different, but this is this is the nature of, of what we're dealing with. Um, uh, yeah. There's a bad bad representation of different people in different places, and this is the this is this is the makings of it. This is this is how it it, it manifests itself, you know. You're not wrong on that. That's, uh, yeah. I have a lot of conversations with people on that kind of yeah. topic. Yeah, I, I've had those conversations, and it's gotten to the point where certain people just feel like they've been violated. And it's like, well, just imagine being a person that gets shot just for doing what he's told. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. take, take that angle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And certain people, they don't, they don't see that. And it's fine with me. Like, I'm... I'm not the person that's trying to win you over with my opinion or with facts, but the facts sure. are the facts. So uh, when people are in a situation where they're, where they are disenfranchised, they don't have much, they're going to, at some point, strike out. And, and it, don't, it, it only takes a moment, you know? It's like a brush fire, right? All you need that's, is a spark. It's, it's exactly what it is. You know, I talk to a lot of people about that in terms of, you know, uh, what environments have have produced, you know, uh, the kind of mentalities that are out there right now. You have to really think about that, you know, because, you know, you may not agree with that mentality, but you have to look at the root cause of, of what, you know, this is really is. You know, yeah. why is it that, you know, a certain group of people feel a specific way about a specific thing? You know, you make it so much about yourself because maybe that direct expression of how that group of people are expressing affects you, but you're not really looking at really the the overall picture of of what caused them to to do that, you know? And I think so many people get caught up in the me, me, me aspect that, that they really do kind of forget the brother, you know, aspect of it, you know, or the, the sister, you know, the, you know, I'm not a, you know, as you know me, I'm not really a huge religious person, but there is one thing that I have to say that, you know, that growing up inside of the church that I really kind of hold dear to me is, is, you know, you are your brother's keeper. So, you know, you should be able to, no matter who that is, be able to empathize, relate, and always give a hand up. You know, you shouldn't have to be able to, everybody's looking for handouts, you yeah. know, but giving hand ups to to everybody gives it a whole different situation because what you're doing is you're empowering people to, you know, uplift themselves. You give yeah. that confidence. Yeah. You give that ability. It is kind of again, I, I can go back to a, a religious thing, but it is you know, give a man a fish. You know, he eats for the day, teach him the fish. You know, he'll eat for a lifetime. And so many of us kind of think about those lessons on that side. You know, I just take a side note here. I got the.
You there? You cut out, buddy. All right, there we go. We are back. All right. I forgot where we left off. Uh, I think we were just talking. I was just talking we about, you know, about a side note. Yeah. You know, basically, you know, teaching a man to fish, you mm -hmm. know, is a lot better, you know, than and and trying to to understand those principles, you know, and trying to relate back to that. That you know, not everybody was always gifted the same environments, the same uh, uh, same opportunities, you know, Absolutely. same education. Uh, as you were, some people were always going to have it better than you. Some people are always going to have it worse than you. Yeah. And I think, and I think so many of us just get caught up in the me, me, me aspect of, well, that don't, that don't match my point of view that we, we yeah. kind of get, we kind of stop to think about, well, okay, you know, why would they think that? Why does that person think that way? You know, that's Whether, the thing where we're lacking, right? As human beings, instead of being able to see the different angles and different points of view, we're so quick to just say, this is what I believe, and this is it. There is no other way to see it, you know? It's, we're so curious. This is one thing that fascinates me as a human race. We're so curious on so many aspects of wanting to understand where we're from, how things work, how we can build things, how we can do it better. But we don't ever want to curious to understand why we feel what we feel. Yeah. You know, we, we, we get so hot, caught up and that's a comfort for us that, that, that curiosity in most people is not, you know, there. And, you know, for me, it's, it, I kind of think that, you know, my wife, you know, she's that way. She's a scientist. So she she questions everything, you know, Absolutely. and you know, it's kind of one of the things that it's one of the things I love about her, you know, yeah. but it's one of the things that I, I, I do agree with, you know, it's, it's, you know, you know, you got to kind of the why, yeah, you know, there's there's a limit, you know. I mean, you don't want to be jerks about it, you know. But I mean, I think there's definitely of understanding, you know, of of why somebody feels and believes what they do. Yeah, is is uh, uh, something that most people don't ever ask themselves. Yeah, yeah, because you know, me watching the riots. It was like, oh, they're just, you know, they're just, just they're hoodlums, and and I was just, and I was li listening, at, not listening, but I was watching the things that people were posting, and then when I would catch them in, in, in out, outside, or if I would call them up and have a dialogue with them, it's like, do you realize why it happened? Mm -hmm. Not what you saw, but the why to it, and, and we're missing, we're missing that point. As, as just as just human beings, you know, people that live on this earth, why is it happening? Like, you don't just necessarily wake up one day and just say, I'm going to start riding. I would just start, I'm going to start a riot today. I'm going to go downtown, I'm going to start a riot. I'm going to start a riot on the south side, the east side, the north side, and the west side of Chicago. I'm just going to start a riot for no apparent reason at all. It doesn't really work that way. There's no. usually, like I said, the brush fire effect, right? There's something that sparks that, mm -hmm. all right? Now the uh, recent one where I think uh, the young uh, the young man was killed or whatever, and these people planned to come downtown and do that. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different. I don't know the mm -hmm. full uh, the full specs to that situation, uh, but from the outside looking in, it's like, come on now, y'all just bullshitting. Uh, mm -hmm. 
with that type of uh, situation, but I don't know the full specs of it. So I kind of, when I saw it and it was like, well, they planned on doing it. And I was just like, well, until I know better about that situation, I'll, I'll stay out of it. But the George Floyd, there's an understanding that, again, I, I told someone this the other day, if you go back and you look over the last, what, seven years, you will see that the police have killed over five hundred, four to 500 people, right? And in certain certain countries, that's that's more deaths than they have in a year. You know, it, it's it's into a certain part, it quadruples or whatever it does. You know, it's a sextuplet of, of what certain countries do, which is which is is a is a heinous act in itself against mankind. Uh, and it, it's it's something that lets us know that there are things we're missing as people in in America, uh, where 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 training has uh, eluded people or it hasn't been set up. You know, there's, there isn't a system in place to make sure that accountability, right, is, is in place to make sure things like this is this doesn't happen. Are these guys being given psych classes? Instead of them being a cop in six months, how come they aren't being a cop within two to three years? If someone, if it takes someone two years to become a cosmetologist or get a, a degree in anything, it should be the same thing for them. Mm-hmm. It should be a prerequisite for them. So. Uh, these are situations, man, it's, it's sad to see, uh, in my lifetime, I've seen it more than once, right? Uh, I've been a victim of police brutality myself. I've had, I've had a hand fractured, even though I was supposed to be boxing. I think the, the guy did it because he knew what was going on and, and I was going to a boxing tournament until he fractured my hand. Uh, I, I knew it when he told me to put, when he told all of us to put our hands on the hood of the car. I already knew what it was. It wasn't that he was telling us because they wanted to check us. They wanted to pat us down. I knew what it was. We were all coming from the gym. They knew what we were doing. They saw the gloves that we had. We all had our gloves on, our, on around our necks or on our shoulders. And, and it's something that has happened to many people that look like me that are black or brown or Latino or whatever it is. So these are things, man, people take advantage of because they feel like it's easier to just bully you and get away with it than to go into mm-hmm. a neighborhood where they're European, Irish, Polish, uh, from Switzerland or where, wherever it is, and they know they could lose their job. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's sad to see, but it, th- these are the things that are happening, and it happens a lot, you know? It's true. You are, you are very true on that one. It's, it's sad. Um, you know, it, it's it's sad that that kind of racism still exists, you know, even today, you know, on all sides of it, you know, I see, uh, you know, I see it with, uh, you know, I hate to say it, you see it with some of your own family members with me, you know, as having some the Caucasian, you know, side of me, you know, uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's pretty obvious that, you know, they, I don't think. I don't think I have a blatant racism in my family of a, they look at somebody of a color that they're just like, I hate you right off the bat. But yeah. there is a level of, of ignorance that I would say that runs pretty deep. Yeah. And it's not that, and, and I think one of the things that's a little different about me than some of my family members is I was raised in more of urban environments. I was raised around more people of color. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, I, you know, I, I kind of want to understand why people feel the way that they feel and why I feel the way that I feel. So I like to listen. I like to hear conversations and talk to people and, you know, uh, is, you know, when you hear the same stories and you hear the same things and you hear the same bullet points and, and many different conversations, you, you know that these things aren't things that are made up or these things aren't, you know, 
by any means, you know, someone who's just saying that to, to, to fit in or something like that. These are things that are really happening to people. Yeah. And, you know, I think if, if you know, it just, uh, if you want my real opinion, you know, we can, of course we'll, we'll go real far with it is, is, <laughs> you know, I think there's two culprits in that mentality in, in that gap of, of, of that real urban and rural. I think that's first thing is what you have is you have a, you have a massive mindset gap between a rural person who grew up in rural Iowa, whether the person of color or person of, 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 of or white, they're usually going to have a different mentality than they are of somebody who grew up in, in say inner city, Chicago, you know, yeah. grew up over in Roseland or grew up over in Pilsen or grew up in little village, you know, anything like that, you know, uh, you know, they're going to be uh, a little bit more on the conservative side. They're going to be a little bit more onto the ignorant side and not, not saying that negatively. It's just, they haven't really been cultured and experienced a mass. They haven't been exposed to a mass group of people like you are when you're inside of a city. Now that's not to say that everything you get exposed to inside of a city is good either. Don't get me no. wrong. No. I mean, there were plenty of negatives that we can go down of what it's like being inside of a city. You and I both know what that's like. But that's not really what we're looking to talk about here. What we're looking to talk about is, is why you have a group of people inside of a city who are feeling an uprising and why you have the rest of America telling that group of people, well, you're, you're wrong. And I think the reason why you're having that is because of that first, that mindset of rural America and urban America. They're two different worlds. Yeah. Everybody knows it. If you're from one area, you know it. the people who come from Iowa – Guarantee you, if they took a drive and, you know, they wanted to go down Garfield and go down towards, you know, the uh, High Park area, you know, just that little down to Dan Ryan, guarantee you some of those sheltered white folks are going to be scared. Oh, yeah. You know, they've never seen that many black people oh, yeah. before riding around, you know, you know, it's, it's going to, it's not all pristine like they would be used to, you know, yeah. or rural, urban, you know, and it's going to give them a fear, right? And somebody from who grew up there just knows it is what it is. It's part of the city. You know, it's just another neighborhood and you're just cruising on by and there ain't going to be no problems. There ain't nobody going to be no one's robbing you. Anybody going to rob yeah. you or nothing yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, the dude, really, he may try to wash your windshield right quick. You know, the only time you're going to end up getting robbed <laughs> is when you're looking for trouble or you look like, you know, like you exactly. have, there's, there's a certain <clears throat> look to it. And they're like, oh, exactly. I got this guy. You know what I mean? But, for the most part, yeah. you will get left the hell alone. Like, no one really wants to bother you. Nobody wants to bother you, man. You know, so, and that's what I think that, yeah, that's the first thing that people get caught up on is they get caught up on what the media feeds them and what these politicians feed them. Yeah. And that feeds that stereotypical gap of the mind state between, or the stereotypical mindset of a rural person versus a, an urban person. Absolutely. And then yeah. you have these politicians who prey on that to get yeah. the votes. And, and now you have... Someone else... The other thing about it is, again, like you were saying, media, right? Mm -hmm. The trail of us in movies, the rap music doesn't necessarily help because they don't promote the, the socially conscious music that we do put out, right? The Talib Kweli's, the Most Deaths, Black Star, uh, uh, Outkast. They don't promote these guys that well. The, the Nas is the KRS-1s. You know, they don't promote a lot of that good stuff. Common and all these different type of guys. They don't pro promote that stuff very well. No, but you be getting Gucci out there. Own music and people are gonna just be drawn to, and it just yeah. fills space for now because it parties. People party, right? Have a good time. Like everybody feels good. So mm -hmm. uh, 
that 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 does play a tremendous part in what people see and their portrayal and perspective of how they see others. So uh, I will hope one day that with this podcast and with the actions of people like yourself, myself, and others, uh, we can begin to well we have, but we would like to push and continue to turn the narrative. Uh, uh, to, to those who, who don't really know what it is and they're curious about it and then we can wake them up and get others to have a, a better understanding of what really goes on when they're in the when they're not in the city when they're not around black people but mm -hmm. they're all welcome come to the hood come get some you know come get a snack with us come there's, there's nothing wrong come there's nothing the wrong with it. i've been all neighborhoods in all the city man that was one of the i know you have but you, you know you get a lot yeah. of people who, who will say there are people that I've been working with since I've had a, a, a legal job. There are people who won't come past 35th or 55th, man. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like they won't mm -hmm. catch the red line past that point. And they'll only go to 35th because of the, the White Sox uh, stadium is, is out, out this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and that's a, that's a sad situation because it's, it's basically saying like, you don't know enough to come out South. But if you no. want to, someone can help you. Again, yeah. why? Or why not? All you have to do yeah. is ask. There's people, yeah. there's people around you every day that can get you out there. Exactly. You, know, you can come hang out with me and you enjoy yourself. You know, and, no. and I know you're going to have a good time. So, yeah. It, no, it's just, it's, again, it's just that, that mentality and, and that living in a box, right? People mm -hmm. have been, everyone has been brought up in their own system. Mm -hmm. uh, sadly, those systems aren't correct. And I think yeah. we can start breaking down those systems and breaking through them, mm -hmm. so we can better understand people. Because that's the only way it's going to happen. I yeah. have no problem with anyone who has a religious belief. No, your religion helps you out, helps you get through your life. Fine, so be it. Whether you believe in Allah, Confucius, uh, Christianity, whatever it is, mm -hmm. it's not what I what I follow. But no. I understand if it helps you get through your day, your night, your weekend, whatever it is. I sure. Don't, I don't believe that. I'm a guy that likes to read. I read books. I like to travel. I like to do like I like to make music and things like that. But mm -hmm. that's me. Those are the things that bring me peace and keep me centered. So feeling the way I feel doesn't say anything wrong about anybody. Mm -mm. No. It's just my it's just my my opinion. It's the way I live my life, my perspective, without infringing and hurting yours. You know what I mean? It's the thing that I think is the most beautiful part about us as a human race. It's your own unique individuality. Yes. And, and if I can't, as one person, appreciate you for the things that you believe in and how you view things and how you go about, you know, in, in, in conducting yourself, you know, then I guess we ain't going to have that vibe. You know what I'm saying? But that's what I'm not gonna, unique. Exactly. But if I can't appreciate it, if I can relate to it, if I can totally get to it, then we're going to have that vibe. But for me, that's all good. You know what I'm saying? If we don't catch a vibe, that's cool, man. That's what you're on. That's what I'm on. You know, as long as your things aren't infringing on my rights and I'm not infringing on your rights. Absolutely. You know, I, 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 it's funny because I'll just go back to political stuff here. Uh, I'm not a Democrat or Republic. I think both, both sides are very bad. Crash. I'm technically, it's funny because I'm technically registered on the far right, I guess, as, as a liberal, as a libertarian, you know, but 
you know, one of the things is, is I don't, I don't match up with a lot of the Christianity views on some of those things. I think they get a little too conservative with it. But the thing that I think that the reason that appealed to that party to me the most was the fact of what you and I just talked about mm-hmm. was that, you know, their real belief is about having that own individuality, you know, inside of not just, you know, communications and relationships with human with each other, but also within the political atmosphere of our country as well, too. Yeah. And that, you know, we see too much of that. Now we get a little crazy with the Rand Pauls and stuff out there. You know, this guy, <laughs> I can't say that I back these guys by any means, but yeah. I do find some of those beliefs that they've had. And uh, I don't know, man, I can't ever say that I voted on one side, the other side consistently. I've always just voted with what I wanted. I've changed my political party two or three times now. Thinking yeah. of changing it again here. Just kind of messed up. They all, they all kind of just annoyed me until I see some term limits. I don't really have a real big interest it's in seeing it change. It's, it's, it's just a, a, a clown circus, you know what I mean? It's just it a is. Clown circus. Do you and remember this- growing up in Chicago where as young men wearing the color pink or purple was considered to be gay? You know, yeah. what I mean? it, it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. like the same thing with that yeah. as far as like opinions and beliefs to me. Like, it's, bro, it's so you, funny. You tell me I can't wear a, a color says it, 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 it speaks of my manhood. Like, how does that happen? It's a color. It's just a color. Like, like I'm going to tell you about as recent as about 10 years ago, maybe less than that, maybe about six or seven years ago, I went down to Texas to go see my sister, and I had some salmon-colored shorts on and, like, a nice little baby blue button-up shirt, Fly. you know? Fly. You know? Yeah. And, and, and my sister looked at me, and she's like, you came to Texas in pink shorts? These boys are going to have a day with you. <laughs> It's like dang. It's like that's that. that box, man. That's that box. Like people really live in that box. And, and mm-hmm. again, we gotta get people to understand that it's a color. It's mm-hmm. a color. Or a person is just that color or whatever. It, it doesn't necessarily state who they are when you're looking at that. It's mm-hmm. the action, right? Martin Luther King Martin Luther, Martin Luther King said what? Judged by the contents of the character, not the color of their skin. Like yeah. How hard is it for people to just be like, hey, I don't know him, but until he shows me different, he's a good person. You know, uh, it's, uh, I'll tell you one of the first things that I, not one of the first things, one of the things I did to my wife when we were dating, <laughs> this kind of just shows you, because you know me, I, I, I've kind of, you know, I've just, I'll talk to anybody, you know, I, I mingle with anybody. Yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if you remember him or not, but he, he used to hang out right there at uh, uh, right by uh, right across the street from the 7-Eleven uh, Wacker and Wabash. Uh, uh, his name was Willie. Uh, he used to hold up a sign and said, uh, veteran, please help. Okay. Never represented himself as a homeless man ever. He's never, ever done that. He's always held himself up. as Even to this day when I was just out there, he's moved over now over off of, off of uh the uh the the Sable uh, bridge over there now. Uh he shows okay. a post up over there now. Still holding the same sign. But anyways, we go out and he used to, used to be uh a customer of mine when I worked at the bank. So and I and uh so I was out with walking around with my with my my girlfriend at the time, now wife, you know, and uh we're just kinda hanging out. I was like, oh hey, I'm gonna come introduce you to my customer, you know? My wife was thinking I'm gonna come take her up to 
some, you know, you know, guy in a suit or something yeah. like that. You know, no, no. <laughs> I take her up to Willie, who's just chilling right there. He had a he had a few drinks already that day. So he was feeling himself. He was yeah. he was he was in full full mode. He was enjoying it. And I think to top it all off was is when he kind of pulled he, he had a prosthetic leg, so he pulled his his leg up to the side and he pulled a cell phone out and he wanted to show me his new place that he had just got. And my, my wife just like lost it right there. <laughs> did, she, did she laugh or did she just? Oh, yeah, she, I could just see her like just trying to like not to bust out laughing. Like, did he just pull a cell phone on his leg? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. But, but you know, that's just, that's who I am though. Like, you know, nobody, I, I, I use him as an example because I remember when he came into my branch, everybody was like, oh, this guy, I got to deal with him. Nobody yeah. wanted to deal with him. And I brought him over and I was just nice, you know, yeah. and I just kind of helped him out. And, you know, it took me what, no more than 15 minutes of my time to sit there and help another person out. And, and in that situation, I ended up getting a, a person that I actually really kind of liked, you know? Yeah. So now when I walk around, I can go say, What's up to him? Hey, remember me, your old banker? And he'll sit there and he'll shoot the shit with me, you know, because yeah. he every single time, you know, yeah. it's another person that I made a connection with. That even is. if it was for that moment in time in life, they had something to do with me yeah. and I had something to do with them. And and for me, those are the greatest things about what we should be enjoying as, as a human race. You know, uh, I think we get again, we get too caught up in ourselves that we forget about if you were really designed to, to service each other and it actually gives us a Indeed. greater satisfaction Indeed. and it's, and servicing each other is not necessarily mean I'm, I'm waiting on you hand and foot. You know what I'm saying? It's, I'm not saying that no. service each other on a spiritual level, on a friendship level, on, on maybe a actual manual physical labor level, you know, it depends. It's all, it's all relative to what it is for each, each, each person that you interact with. Yeah. And, uh, Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's, so that's just kind of my thoughts on how, you know, I feel that we could do better, you know, and I try to, you know, live by example, you know, I see our Facebook warriors and Instagram, you know, people and yeah. ah, I, I, Hey man, more power to all you yeah. on that, you know, um, I, I, boards, trying to cut yeah. down enemies and yeah. it's like, man, get that shit out of here, man. Like, no one wants it. And only time I engage in that shit is when I just had enough of seeing it, you know. And it's like, dude, like, who gives a shit, dude? It's your opinion. No one really gives a fuck, man. Like, at the end of the day, the people that agree with you are going to comment, and the ones that don't comment don't agree, and the ones That's that the thing, do man. that. that don't agree and comment. It's just because they want to have a dialogue to get an understanding of where you're coming from. For me personally, like arguing with people on Facebook isn't really gonna do much of anything. No, when ain't nobody home, ever changed their opinion. It, yeah, you, you you can't do anything. Dude, I've seen the the Trump supporters and all that, and then one person said, "Why are you commenting, trying to get a under some understanding?" I said, "Because that's the only thing I want. If you would splash that across your page." and say that you're a supporter of orange chicken for whatever reason, well, then let me get some understanding of that, either on this page or in dialogue away from everyone else. Like, talk to me. Tell me what it is that makes you believe that this, this dude uh, is anything other than a, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Uh, a reality star. You know what I mean? Yeah. Show me, show, tell me something else because I don't see it, but it is what it is, man. Uh, 
Recently, you were telling me there was something that you had going on. Yeah. Yeah. What is? It? Tell me about that. So, um, well, you know, I'm, I guess I'm trying to really reinvest into myself. Okay. Uh, you know, on a, on a, we get into a little bit more on a business uh, aspect of it here. Uh, I've uh, I've always kind of just been a uh, fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy no real plan. Let's just kind of, it'll, it'll work out, man. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, it didn't always work out to be that way. So over the last, let's say six, seven years, I've kind of readjusted and figured out how do I take these skill sets that I've learned, these things that I've done and what is it that I've kind of consistently done. And one thing that I've consistently been able to do is to generate business for people, be able to connect people, be able to find a way to create revenue for a company in some port or another. And I've done that for a lot of different companies. And typically I've done that as a sales representative. So one of the things that I've done over the last three years was, is I was kind of coming to a head, as you knew, I was at the bank mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I moved here to Connecticut, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, 2014 is when I moved to Connecticut. So, good, so six years ago now. And wow. I fly. Yeah, man. And um, when we got here, uh, I decided I was going to stay in the banking industry and just kind of further that along, get, become financial advisor, continue down that route. Uh, what they didn't tell me was, is if you want to become a financial advisor in today's climate, you either need to get signed up with somebody who's really going to work with you and they're going to pass a book of business down to you, or you need to know a whole lot of rich people. I didn't have either. <laughs> So I came to a realization that that probably was not going to really work the way I was really wanting it to. So I had a transitional period. So uh, again, this is uh, where I was very fortunate. Uh, I happened to have a family member who had a business that they had created. They were going, it wasn't doing anything really, but it was a business. Uh, they were trying to keep it alive. Uh, and that was in terms of making a glass cleaner. So my uncle had this company, this formulation, he had a couple small customers. And he was trying to basically figure out how to keep this glass cleaner company alive. So uh, through a few months of conversations with him and talking with him, and I've known about it since he's, he's started the business, I decided that I would also decide to jump ship from doing what we did with that. And I would go over there and, and work with him to try to get this business up. And that all, in turn started a whole new venture inside of my entrepreneurial side of it. So at first, we, we, we worked with, uh, it was just me, him, and then we had found some, some investors in the Atlanta, Georgia area, and uh, it had worked out. And we were working, we were selling, we were getting some accounts, and then we landed the big one. Uh, we landed Costco. Uh, what, they, what they don't tell you about some of these large customers is it takes a large investment to really get it going on those ones. Um, and we really weren't in a position with, with our investors at that time to really make the Costco deal work in a way that would really better the company. So again, we were at another crossroads. How do we really make this happen? You know, we, it, it's, it's cost a lot of money to do promotions and advertisements and in-store promotions. You know, we got it in there, we got it going, but you know, there's a whole back end of it to keep it going. So this is another thing that we had to learn about how do we, you know, we generated the business, how do we keep the business? So that, that led us to another path of where we ended up having to sell off the business. And we you can kind of see the two signs I have behind here. 
yes. still have the spray X, which is the glass cleaner. That is now owned by the factory that we use to get the product made by. Okay. And what we did was is uh, this company, Strategic Brand Group, has been contracted out as a contractor company to be able to manage the sales and growth of that company still. And then uh, I took an actual nine to five position with this company for right now as their national sales manager. So I act as a liaison between these two companies to get and grow the business. And what we've done now is, is we've taken this product to a bunch of national uh, industrial accounts. Uh, the biggest one I just got was uh, Safe Light Auto Glass, actually. So I've they now are, yeah. So they, they have a little over about 100 warehouses across the country. Uh, we just shipped a little over pallet to each of those locations and looking to kind of grow that relationship even more so. So business it's been, is actually still. So business is still going. So what in all of this, this will lead me to my venture that you had asked me about here. I know this is a long-winded no, answer. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. It just um, needs to go. I got time. Uh, so what this has done is, 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 well, you know, this is cool, Chris, you know, you, you've, you've been able to, you've learned a lot of lessons. I had a, a I was fortunate to have a good mentor and my uncle and kind of knowing how to do some of this stuff beforehand. So he's shown me some of the ropes and, uh, I've, I've learned how to get this business and we've actually successfully gone out and done that now. Right. Well, you know, I don't want to continue to work for somebody else forever. There is a level of wanting to get an own financial independence that if somebody were to say, Chris, we no longer need your services here today, I don't have to go, oh shit, I don't have money to go anywhere. You know, yeah. I don't want it to be that point. You know, or I don't want it to be like, oh crap, I have to dip into my savings and I have to do that. I already want to have a contingency plan that already kind of covers that on that true financial freedom side. So that got me thinking. What is it that would be the first steps to get there? Well, the first thing is to find something that's going to generate revenue that is invested into yourself. Well, my skill set is generating business. So that has led me to now, I just purchased my website. It's, I only got a landing page on it right now. I'm going to build a design in it, but I purchased chrishazlett.com. Okay. And what I'm going to uh, promote and, and build myself up as is as a, uh, a, a business development consultant. And what I'm looking to do here is, is to look with businesses who are maybe small startups, uh, businesses who are looking for maybe temporary contractor services to be able to kind of help give jump starts on fresh ideas on how to either, you know, uh, boost up current product lines in the marketplace or to help bring new product lines to a marketplace. Um, you know, really kind of depends on what they're looking for and what the services that we can negotiate at that time. And we'll just build the resume out through that way. And, you know, really, I just kind of continue to go that that's my next path. So I figure that's the best way for me to invest in myself and grow my business for myself. And for a long time, I had a problem trying to figure out what that what what would be the right business for me. Okay. Uh, every, I was always raised in a house of I come from a long line of, of men who've never done things the traditional way. I mean, my great great grandfather used to make his own laundry detergent and go selling it door to door. My other my other great great grandfather was uh, he was kind of just a two bit hustler to be honest. I mean, you know, he just kind of town to town con man, whatever it was. Yeah. You know, I mean, none of the men in my family were ever really typical, you know, nine to fivers or anything like that. My dad understandable. <laughs> understandable. Grandfather was a bootlegger. You know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so with 
the new job with the end of, with, with you choosing your own independence, I am yeah. guessing that you've been yeah. able to pull together a client list by through spray X and strategic at some point. Yeah. So, yeah. so the first thing is to do is, 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 you know, utilize the, the resources that you have available to you. So I meet a lot of businesses. I, I work with a lot of businesses. There are other opportunities within sales that my current employer can't provide that I can offer to current customers okay. that I can mend those relationships together and stuff. Okay. So some of the things that we look to do is like sourcing out products that maybe go along with what a glass cleaner would be, like maybe some towels or maybe some wipers or something yeah. like that. And what we do is, is we simply try to figure out a way to source and supply it to them in that situation. So that's one aspect of it. Uh, the other aspect is, is maybe somebody wants to get some kind of uh, um, a website marketing up or website up and running and get some kind of e-marketing campaign built with that. Well, we have a marketing side of the strategic brand group that we can do that with and we can get a website up for you. We can get your social media up and running. We can put together an advertisement campaign, you know, all according to kind of what you're looking for in terms of a dollar, what you want to invest into it. Uh, do you want grassroots? Do you want grassroots sales? You know, we can put together emailers. We can do trade shows. Um, you know, do you want to find a sales force? I mean, it really kind of depends on each person. That's really the beauty thing of what we do. We kind of fit it all. So we have companies that fit it all. I've got the strategic brand group, but then I that handles the branding. We got the iSource X, which handles sourcing products and finding them. Maybe you want to find something in China. We have a way to do that. Uh, we've got products for like the shop and automotive since we kind of deal with glass cleaners. So we have a company called iShopX. So we just kind of developed all these small things and none of them are massive, huge revenue generators, but they're all the framework there available for us to go out that as we continue to do what we do already in our nine to five, which is sell, meet, meet these connections, we can then in, interject our businesses into that and everybody understand what we're doing, not keeping secrets from current employers and stuff like that. They don't do these things, right? There's no issues with that. So as long as you're not taken away from the revenue of them, they're completely all right with that. That's how we've been able to find our own way and path to independence with, you know, being able to be kind of just, you know, hustling. <laughs> I mean, Are you enjoying the, the, the thrill of it, being able to put, put together your own business and the challenges that come with it? I am actually, I think, um, I didn't think this is what I was going to do again. When I, when I, the unraveling of it is really what's kind of gotten exciting to me. I, you know, if you would have told me that I would have been dealing with some of these large national retailers that I've dealt with and some of these large national industrial accounts that I deal with and I'm on a first name basis, I'd have told you no way. Uh, the type of sales that I've now learned and elevated myself to is a different level of sales. I came from selling shoes at wall at Walla, uh, uh, um, Walmart <laughs> at uh, Montgomery Ward's. So I was 16 years old, 1997, hustling work shoes, you know, just trying to figure out that to now sitting in real corporate meetings, putting together real strategic business plans and understanding a real sales strategy and how we can take a product to market, you know, and them actually valuing my opinion. I don't got a college degree. Uh, I never spent a day in college. I went to a couple engineering classes and stuff like that, but everything I learned was all from uh, people around me, the resources that were given to me, resources that I had available to me, 
and understanding that maybe I was more fortunate than others with certain things, so I better take advantage of it. So, so because of that, um, it's led me to this here where I'm now almost 40 and figuring out what I want to do when I grow up. Uh, a lot of, a lot of my friends when I graduated figured it out a lot sooner than I did. Uh, hats off to them. Uh, cause it's yeah, not when you salute to everybody <laughs> that figured it out early on. Hey, I, I'm not mad at them. You no, know, I'm happy for them. At all. I, I got much love for you, you know? Uh, but what one of the things that I try to do and keep a core to my principle is, is the team that has helped me get to where I'm at is the team that I will bleed for and die for to make sure that I will always help get them to where they're at. Absolutely. So they, they've shown a, a real big commitment to me and I, and I make sure that I have that same commitment back. And, and as much as every, I've learned as much as we all want to be like, I want to lift the whole, unless everybody up, bring everybody on board. We're going to get everybody on the bandwagon and get them making money. It don't work that way, man. Nope. It Only don't work that, that Can go, will go. Exactly. That's it. And, and, and there's nothing and, wrong with that. It just says that some of us are more prepared to elevate than others are. While some way may stagger and fall off the bandwagon, others are like, hey, I can fix a tire. I can ch- I can change hubcaps. I know about how to work and how to work under the hood of the car, whatever it may be. So mm-hmm. there are those who will who will withstand the test of time and, and and be able to keep up the keep up the race with you while others drop drop off. And to those that do drop off, because I, I have people that have dropped off, not mad at you. Um, no. It's life. You just chosen a path that is best for you. And I wish you the best as well, because things will eventually work out for you, no matter if it's now, a week from now, or a year from now. You will, if you are striving for success, uh, you will get to it. It's, it's only mm-hmm. a matter of time. It's, all, it's always a matter of time for each one of us uh, to, to briefly go back on what you've said. I don't have a college degree. Yeah. I came out 10 years old learning how to, you know, hustle and draw art and put things together and, and formulate things on my own, do pictures, uh, mow grass, uh, uh, shovel snow, whatever it took for me to earn a couple of dollars. I was mm-hmm. always with it down to the point where I got to music and I was able to make money off of music. Uh, whatever it took for me to make a living, I've, I've always prided myself on on being able to have some hustle and grind of my own you know not just be able to work a nine to five because to be honest i don't think either me or you would like to be bogged down working for someone else for 50 60 years and then retire and then not even not even be able to enjoy life that that's not that's not the end game no and you know and even the nine to five that i have right now is not even like a normal nine to five i you know, it's it's the pandemic hit and everybody's like, oh, I got to go learn how to work from home. And man, I've done been working from home for almost four years now. So I had it. Really? I, you know, yeah, it's it's for me. This is life is great. You know, uh, I it, it took a while to get used to that. Everybody is, as we all know, these days working from home ain't as, as easy as what we like to make it out to be. It takes a little self-discipline. But once yeah. you kind of find that groove, the freedom that I have found in being able to work from home has been tremendous. I mean, I really don't feel like I have to, uh, I have to wake up and do a daily grind or anything like that. You know, yeah, I got responsibilities and things I got to do. And there's certain time frames you got to make yourself available. And, you know, there's somewhat of a schedule that you got to follow, but it's not a, it's not like a rigorous, you know, wake up, 
get to the job, check in. Hey, boss, how you doing today? Good to yeah. see you. I'm on my yeah. way, you know. This Nothing like that. that. deadline, this meeting, that meeting. No, no, no. If I, look, if I got to wake up and I got to schedule a dentist appointment for that day and I got to go there, I don't got to be making my plans two weeks in ahead of time saying, hey, I can't come in until later on because I got to do a dentist appointment or something like that. Yeah. I just simply change my schedule on my thing and I'm not available during those hours. Okay. I'm out. You know, it's the same kind of freedom that you get almost as like an entrepreneur. But the thing is, is you've got to be able to put the work into doing that kind of stuff as well, too. You know, when things are demanding, you can't put them off. You can't procrastinate. And boy, let me tell you, I'm going to talk about procrastinating. Your boy right here. <laughs> I've had those moments, man. But you man, know, the crazy yeah. part about it is once the productivity kicks in, and it gets going, it's a snowball effect. And you start going, Yo, I need to keep doing this right here. I need, to stay, I need to stay in this lane. This is the lane for me. Exactly. And that's exactly and how it is. Too. It's like it working is, man. out. Mm -hmm. It very much is like that. So uh, once I found that groove, I really, man, I loved it. And um, for me, I, you know, I do a lot of traveling, or did a lot of traveling up until uh, the pandemic kind of started happening here, 2020s. As we all know, it's been it's been a, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, it was but, uh, world. Yeah, but you know, I guess my highlight of 2020 was is I got to go out to Phoenix in uh, March. This is like one of my last trips I got to do before we got to, uh, had to cancel everything. I did get to go and see a spring training game with the White Sox, so I did get to fit okay. in like one like baseball game this year. So I was pretty happy about that. Okay. Other than that, okay. uh, I don't know. I'm, Following on the subject of sports, uh, during May, were you able to watch The Last Dance? Let me tell you, like Mike, <laughs> man. So, you about the same age as me, right? You yeah. grew up, right? I, actually, I, I, gradu I graduated in '99. I, I had a little different perspective. So I grew up my first half of my childhood in the Chicagoland area. And then the second half of my later childhood and teenage years, I grew up in the Phoenix area. Okay. So the first year that my family had spent out in Phoenix was the year that the Bulls played the Phoenix Suns. Uh... <laughs> and that was my first uh, uh, summer in Arizona. When we had just moved out there. Okay. And so I grew up with all of that. So watching that last dance, man brought back so many memories of my childhood from, cause that was such like a huge transitional period of time going from living in Chicago. We spent a little time down in Indiana, then going to Arizona and then, uh, here in, it brought back all these memories, but at the same time, I learned so much more about the bulls dynasty that I grew up watching that I never really, uh, I guess, really comprehended because I was so young and stuff like that. So getting to hear a lot of those backstories, the crowd stories, the, 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 the Pippin stories, you know, those were all pretty interesting to me. Yeah. And it gave me a little bit different perspective on why things broke up the way they did and everything. But um, I think my biggest takeaway from it was I, I don't care what you say about Michael Jordan as a person, uh, his work ethic is unmatched. Yeah, unbelievable. Unmatched to anybody. And that is something that uh, I, I think it's a compulsive, like unmatched, you know, like there's something a little off to make it that much of well, a, 
he he had a dad that was pushing that too, right? Yeah. So yeah. In the, in that one part where he said, "This is the way that I played the game, and if you don't like it, you don't have to play it the way I play it." To me, it was a it, it resonated, but there was something saying there that also said, "This is how I was shown to play the game to beat out my brother." This is this is the stuff that I did to earn my father's respect and love yeah. the most. So if y'all don't, if y'all don't, if y'all not about this type of shit, if you ain't about this life, you ain't got to do it. Like do it whatever way yeah. you want to. Whatever LeBron does, let him do what he do. But yeah. over here, it's killers over here, man. That's and that was his mentality, man. I mean, do you ever see that YouTube video, the Magic Johnson stories, and him talking about? Uh, it's it's like a cartoon video. It's him talking about the Dream Team one time. Let's talk about him and Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, a bunch of these guys. They were all sitting there during the original Dream Team, okay. and they were playing cards. And he was talking about Michael Jordan Magic. <laughs> I'll never forget watching this video. Magic Johnson sitting there talking. He's like, on the first night, we sitting there, we're hanging out. Michael's, you know, playing, and you know, it's like it's coming up like two o'clock in the morning, and I'm I'm beating Mike. Mike's like, I'm like, man, I'm about to go to bed. I can't do it. Mike stood up, leaned over me. It's like, you ain't going nowhere until I get my money back. Mm. <laughs> so he said, we played till like four in the morning. He goes, but I still ended up beating him. Finally, Mike was like, all right, man, going to bed. He went to bed, woke up, hit an 8 a.m. tea time, golfed all day, came back, put up like 45. Later that night, we were back there again playing cards. I was up on him again. I was about to leave. Mike wasn't having it. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. That's the he, said, he, he said three nights in a row. He said we were up till four in the morning. He's like, by the fourth night, Mike wanted to play cards. I was like, I can't do it anymore, Mike. He's like, I was in bed by 730. <laughs> Absolutely. And Mike was up again that night, the same thing, playing cards, back up again, golfing, and then – Drop it however you many on it. You gotta get it back. That that that's uh that's 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 impressive to me. I mean, but the way he you know, that's that's a freak of nature. We can't all be like that, you know. That <laughs> no, it's a few. It's a chosen few, man. Yeah. And when you but, look at people who say that they can do it, to me I go, Well, what are you waiting on? Yeah, no nah, man. You get that's the, a while ago, you know what I mean? I think who was it that I saw? You watch Shark Tank? No, no. You don't watch Shark Tank at all? So I think it's, his name is Kevin Leary. They call him Mr. Wonderful or something like that. But he said something that just made me crack up laughing because I was actually one of these guys, and then I just kind of shook my head. Like, if I hear one more 20-something-year-old tell me I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30, I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> and I used to say the same thing to myself all the time. I'll be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. No problem. No hard work. Look, y'all understand what it really takes to get that kind of cash and net worth. The, yeah. the moves you have to make and the strategies you have to do. Some people get it easier than others because Absolutely. they get some luck. But, but it takes a lot of sleepless night, nights and hard grinding, like, all night. All night. Yeah. Hours of the morning where you're supposed to be sleeping. Now you got to get up. And mm -hmm. now you got go to go to work or whatever it is that you have to do. Oh, you got to get the baby ready for uh, daycare or whatever it is. Certain things you have to sacrifice to get to those levels. Um, yeah. When I'm engaged with young men and women, whether I'm mentoring them or in passing when I'm talking to them, 
I tell them all the time, it takes a lot of hard work to achieve anything. You mm -hmm. know, you can't just wake up one day and just say, I'm going to do this and then it'd be done. Because if yeah. that's the case, a lot of people would be millionaires. A lot of people would be billionaires. A lot of people would own these these fabulous cars that they want, these fabulous homes that they want, but it doesn't work like that. It mm -hmm. takes a lot of hard work and it takes planning as well. And it's not to yeah. say that to any young kid or uh, any young man or woman or whoever it is that may be listening can't do it. It's just that you have to work. There is a yeah. grind that comes with it. Me being able to do music with different people out here um, and getting a nod or getting a thumbs up, like not necessarily people saying, yo, you dope, but they give mm -hmm. me the thumbs up just because they don't want to give me that, uh, that, that certain level. It takes a lot of writing. Mm -hmm. all right? It takes a lot of writing, being in the studio with different people at all times of night and proving, proving to not just myself, but to them that I can do this. Like I can do what you can do. And to yeah. a certain degree, I can do it better than you can. Mm -hmm. It just didn't happen because of pure talent. Pure talent is just part of it. I remember when I was, um, when I would do boxing, all right? Mm -hmm. And the sign on the wall said, hard work beats talent when talent refuses to work hard. That always stuck with me. It always stuck with me. So to anyone that's listening, hard work beats talent when talent refuses to work hard. You get a lot of guys who are talented and they go strictly off their talent and then they level off. They get right here instead of going higher. But there are people who are just hard workers that can get up there but may not reach the very top of the mountain, but they don't level off because they keep getting better just because they work harder than the, than the guy that has mm -hmm. talent. You know what I mean? And I've seen yeah. that with people that was in a gym. I've seen it. I've even, I've even seen it uh, in studio sessions where uh, you get producers or engineers that say, write me a verse in 30 minutes. And some guys can't do it. You know what I mean? Hey, write me a verse in 20 minutes. And these guys can't do it and make it make sense when they're doing it. And, and they can't do it. And it's like, and I tell them, they say, well, what difference does that make? And I was like, it makes a hell of a difference when someone is asking you that. That means that you're chiseling your craft. You get taking a pen and you're and you have a craft that you're very serious about. And you know that at any moment you can do whatever is required of you when someone asks you to do it. Yeah. Uh, and there's just, that's just a difference. There's a different level to reaching the, the level of a uh, Michael Jordan, a uh, Mike Tyson, a uh, Michael Jackson. You know that like. You have to be maniacal. You have to be psychotic about these type of things. You have to really mm -hmm. work on it more than breathing at some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you're 100% correct on that. So when people say things to you or me about being a millionaire, oh, all right, you got a lot of work to do. It's not that I don't believe you. It's just that you have a lot of work to do. And I'll be right here waiting to see it. Not that you can't do it. But I would like for, I would like to see it manifest. Because you got since you put it out there, you have to manifest that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And in the process, some people will quit, right? Yeah. It's no different from basketball or any other sport where people say that they want to do that as a kid. And by the, by the time they get through high school, they realize they don't want to do it. Or they get to college and they go, hey, only 1% of us make it, man. So I'm going to just go ahead and do, I'm going to go ahead and into to the financial field or I'm going to get into the real estate game or I'm going to be a sports agent. You know, you, you, Within the works of that, the frameworks of that, you just find your niche. You find out what works for you. So, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's no, not there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's as I was telling. So I got a, I got three siblings who are much younger than me, 21 years and older, uh, or 21 years difference and more between them. So my oldest, youngest brother, 
uh, is now just graduated high school this year. So real happy for him. Sucks to be graduating 2020 right now, right? Because yeah, man. Not, it's like it ain't exactly like an ideal situation to be going out to. And, and unfortunately, he kind of was a lot like his older brother in terms of me. Uh, it, it, he didn't really like school. He didn't really get along with the, 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 the homework and the, doing the work. And, you know, he just kind of like, again, this is where he was a procrastinator like I was. And, but he pulled it together at the end of the year, and he ended up graduating on time. And I asked him, I said, what are you going to do? Oh, no. Teenager, he's eighteen years old. Well, you know, have you thought about it? What What do you want it? What Like, what What actually interests you? You know, oh, I got a friend who likes construction. Well, do you do some construction? Like, yeah, I've been doing, you know, some, you know, handyman work and stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, you ain't got, you ain't trying to go to college, right? He's like, no, I ain't smart enough for college. Like, you smart enough for college? He's like, no, stay. I'm like, all right, that's fine. I go, it's all good. Uh, then he calls me up here. Two days ago, after I had talked to him and told him, you know, like, just find something that works for you. You don't got to be, you know, uh, a smart guy. You don't got to do business. You don't got to be, you know, dealing with people. You know, it ain't nothing wrong with fixing a car. There ain't nothing wrong with, you know, doing electrical to work. You know, I said, I know plenty of people who do tradesmen stuff that have great careers, very fulfilling lives, and actually become pretty savvy businessmen later on in life as well, too. So don't think of where you start is where you end up at, you know. So then he hit me the other day. He's like, I appreciate it, man. He's like, I signed up Moraine Valley, and I'm going to do the auto mechanics program over there. But that's all he kind of needed was just that little reassurance, I guess, you know, because, my, you know, I think he was kind of feeling like all his friends were going off to go do some kind of normal four-year – well, they're going to attempt to do a four-year university, you know, for the, some of the ones that left off. And so he wasn't really feeling like he could really, you know, in my opinion, like, you know, he had a – his next step either, you know, or he, he could do some of that stuff. So he, he felt a little lost. So, you know, I think again, coming back to what we were saying, individuality, each person needs to, uh, uh, not only do they need to find it, but they also need to be groomed according to how they are as well too. Yeah. You know, people listen differently. Yeah. You know, they don't all hear the same words the same way. No, sir. No, sir. And, and, um, this is where I give a hats off to our, a lot of our educators that have really do a good job at that because it's a difficult job at that position, man. I was just telling someone that, man, like it's, it's, it's a job where they're splitting teaching and babysitting, mm-hmm. you know, because they, they have to be able to get the curriculum across to the kids and make sure that they're able to, uh, I guess, regurgitate it. Uh, be able to understand it but then you have the other side of it when you have a classroom filled with 20 to 30 kids you're gonna have to babysit some of these kids man and and, yeah. and that sucks because these these classes should be smaller there should be more rooms to them if you uh, they should be taking this money out of the prison pipeline and dumping it back into the schools like it should have been from the beginning um and if yeah. also giving these teachers teachers aids, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, need, they need the help. I had teachers aid growing up. I mean, I man, I didn't. It was like thirty of us in a, in a classroom. I, I, see, that was so funny. Is I did, uh, I did, and then I looked back at it and I was like, well, why did I? Well, probably because of the neighborhoods that I I was able to to live in. Because you know, uh, because yeah. I hear. Yeah. 
because even when I went to school in Chicago, my mom never sent me to the public school. I always went to some kind of a private school or something like that. So we didn't go to the best of the private schools. It was still the, but we went to the private schools. Uh, and, uh, but we had those kind of a things and stuff like that, teachers aides and stuff like that. So, you know, again, I was, I, I this is where I kind of, I'm very humble. I, I always, growing up, I grew up very little to later life of my growing up to having quite a bit to having it ripped away from me and having some realizations and stuff like that and realizing how privileged you really were. This is the thing that I'll tell you, and I'll just speak frank, this is one thing I'll tell you about white America that they, they have not dealt with uh, is the privilege aspect of it. Yeah. And until you get checked with your privilege, you don't know you have your privilege. And for me, I got checked with my privilege. Okay. In a reality. And once I finally got checked with it and realized that, you know, uh, I had a whole bunch of things that my laid out that I never took advantage of that a lot of my other friends growing up with didn't have. And they reminded me of that. And that was some humbling experiences. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was, that was probably, I'd say probably my biggest eye opening thing. Um, but you know what? I, I took it in a manner of, as trying to better myself and understanding the lessons that, you know what, you're right. You weren't. So with that, with that mentality, you know, if I am given those opportunities, I've now tried to figure out how do I make those things work for me and try to pay it forward. Okay. Okay. Because I feel that's the only way, you know, that, you know, I can contribute to trying to help in leveling that off. Have you, know? you ever done any uh, community work? Or no, I, I haven't. Out here, I haven't. Uh, I did do some stuff when I was back in Chicago and stuff like that. Uh, I, I'll be honest, I haven't really done a whole lot of the stuff here in Connecticut. Uh, it's been a lot of work in, I, it's kind of not selfish, but it's been a lot of just focus on me, myself, and I out here. Um, but, you know, it's something that actually has been weighing on me a lot lately, is one of the things is wherever we're, we're Connecticut's not going to be our home. We, we may very well end up being back in Chicago or if not Chicago, wherever our home is at. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm looking to get back and in, involved with, ingrained with is the community itself. Uh, like when I did, you know, live back in like the Pilsen neighborhood and stuff like that, you know, my uncle, he, uh, uh, he ran the, uh, Harrison's boxing club over there, the Harrison park club. So just to go over there and stuff like that. And, go help out and, you know, go volunteer with the kids and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, I missed that. I grew up over in Cicero at the boys and girls club across the street from over there. So, you know, I always liked doing that kind of stuff, but I haven't really now. As of lately, I have not been uh, uh, involved as involved as I, as I, as I probably feel I should be. And I know that I should be feeling that way because I've been having a little bit of a guilt come on me. Like, man, you need to start giving back more because you've been getting some blessings. And, you know, when I feel when I feel blessings are coming good, I feel I definitely have to pay it forward. So, you know, but there's also part of me. It's like, man, just let the blessings come. You will pay it forward. You know, you know, let, let me never, right first before I. Before I yeah. So that's the internal battle that I that I deal with. You know, have you, had, have you and a wife sat around and thought about where you wanted to move next? We have. I think for me and for for me, I can go anywhere uh, as long as I got an internet connection and a and a and a and a computer. I can work. You know, uh, for her, it's about really finding the right thing and what she she wants to do. Uh, you know, she's really sought after this PhD in this chemistry. 
So, you know, what I'm really being fully supportive of is, is, you know, letting her find that journey that she wants to take with this, uh, with this degree, you know, uh, she's got, obviously, you know, Chicago is where we would, you know, where it's home to us, you know, our family's there. It's where we want to go back and maybe even get started in the family. So, you know, that has always been on the table, but you know, really wherever. From Chicago? What's that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah, she grew up right there in Midway. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Southwest. Yep. So she's from the Midway area and and I grew up just north of that over there in Cicero. So. Okay. Okay, Cool. Yeah. So So you were staying over there in Pilsen. Did you ever go to, what's the name of that place? Shit, I can't remember it. I'm going to mess it up and I don't want to, I don't even want, Nueve Leon? Nueve Leon? Yeah. Unfortunately, it's burnt down. It's it's, yeah, it's no longer there no more. Yeah, the uh, I guess the family that owned that place now uh, opens up a restaurant across the street. But they they have another Nueve Leon over in Little Village. If you go over there, really? Yeah, it's not. I don't know if it's owned by the same family or if it's owned by like a brother of the family or something. But it's, there's a Nueve Leon over there. The other one that I was just over there too uh, in Little Village over off of Kedzie and Twenty Sixth. Go to uh, it's called Mitera. Oh, that place is awesome, man. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I love that place. Yeah, it man. reminds me of uh, From Dust Till Dawn when you're yep. riding up the street <laughs> and the guy's like, pink pussy, yellow pussy. Every time I, I'm telling you, cherry pussy. Like when you're coming uh, to this, when you're getting up to that place, man, every yeah. time I see that, I start laughing, dude. But that place is, I love that place. Man. Yeah, that place is I really good. It. Me and my yeah. big bro went there one time, man. And um, we just went one day, and he, he had never been. And the day we went, I think it was a Saturday, and they were doing mm-hmm. karaoke. And the woman was going around. She was singing, I think she was singing La Bamba. Mm-hmm. And she's singing a song. And I was like, hey, she's coming over this way. I'm trying not to make eye contact. I'm telling them, like, hey, I think she's going to come over here, and she's going to try us. We had ordered sangria. We had a picture of sangria. We sitting mm-hmm. there, we're having food and everything. They sing. I know she sauces us up to the table, and she starts singing the song. And she puts the mic in front of him. Man, he grabbed the mic from her. And he started singing that song, man. <laughs> I had so much fun. Man. I was like, I didn't know you knew the song. He's like, I didn't know I knew that shit either, man. But That's so funny. It was a good. It was a good time because he had never. Yeah. I was like, man, this is a really dope place. You're not gonna believe it. When you walk in, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time though. Yep. But, uh man, we went in there, bro, and and we had a really good time. I I tell people all the time, if you ever get a chance to go there, especially, it's, mm-hmm. it's a good place, man. It's a good place. Yeah, I'm not. With this whole uh whack ass bizarro worlds, COVID nineteen going on, but like I said, I was I was just there. It was pretty good, man. I was pretty pretty happy. Everybody, I, this is where I am. I watching how this pandemic has affected business is one of the things that I, I find fascinating, and one one of the things I love about our country, the uniqueness of how capitalism has managed to still find a way to survive with all these restrictions. Yeah. Now they managed to talk the city into just closing down streets and opening up these places and surviving. And now they're talking about winter plans and stuff like that. That right there to me is like, okay, regulation isn't 
in my whole opinion on American thing. We're not really, but we're rebellious in nature. So that's just kind of who we are, you know. And the other but, thing for me is uh, the fact that each individual or certain individuals have learned to find their their niche, right? Like they, yeah. they found mm-hmm. out what matters to them. Uh, they, they've learned to hone their craft or work on their craft in the process of this whole situation. Yeah, you know, I know. Yeah. I know a lot of people in the service industry and like the food industry, they started those co-op kitchens and stuff like that. Though, yeah. Or, you know, like that, that's like really taking hold. Like, like, you know, like that whole, that was just kind of like a small concept for a while there, you know, that people were digging on them. And now those co-op kitchens are popping up everywhere right yeah. now. Yeah. I the mean, only thing I didn't like was that the food truck industry, you know, like, uh, I think that was something that could have benefited more people, but the way that they had it set up where you couldn't, be outside of a restaurant and or they would mm-hmm. call on you and you get a citation like things like that like man it, it kind of took away from being able to enjoy the food trucks i should say you know like and food trucks are dope man i like i, I like them like man you you know what place has the best food truck scene who's that los angeles really man you go get yourself some Southern barbecue, you go get yourself some sushi, you go get yourself some Hawaiian food, you can go get yourself oh, some teriyaki. You name it, it comes on a food truck out there, man. It's amazing out there. And they embrace the food truck business out there, bro. It's crazy. Like, you'll have them lined up all around the city parks, man, and everybody just kind of hanging out there, eating up the food and stuff like that. It's, Shout it's, to my buddy. Uh, Lasan Brooks, I think he has a food truck out there in San Jose. I think he's out there. Um, yeah. There what's up, go. Chef? Uh-huh. That's to you. Um, he's trying to get his own thing going. I think at some point he wants to come back to Chicago. Yeah. Open up his own actual. I don't know. Here. That Bay Area. I like that Bay Area up over there, man. San Jose, South Bay. That's a nice area over there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, was trying to, I was trying to get to him. Uh, doing the process of me traveling uh, last year, but it didn't it didn't work out in my favor mainly because I had just uh, I had been on the the job that I, I'm on for like mm-hmm. a year. I've been there for like a year. I've been there two years now, so it may have been like uh, a year. Mm. I think they had the uh, all the, the the fires that were the wildfires that was going on. So yeah. I was asking him like, "Is it cool to be?" He's like, "Oh man, I'm north of that." Like. He said, "Just come, just come through, man. Just come through when you get the time. Just come through." But yeah, I never made my time, my uh, my way down, my way over to him to come and enjoy uh San Jose. But I still, I still want to go, even if he's not there. I still want to go out there and enjoy the breeze, the weather, and just be amongst the people. You know. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I like California, man. It's a beautiful state. Uh. Just a little too pricey for me to want to live out there right this second, you know. San Diego's crazy too on the price side. San Diego's one of my favorite cities, but you know what place I really would, I think I would move to. I'm really been vibing on a lot lately. is Nashville. Nashville, really? Nashville. I, I can't even remember who the person was, but they were telling me the same thing. It's like, man, if I leave Chicago, I'm going to Nashville. Nashville is a fun city, man. I mean, them honky tonks ain't no joke. It's live music everywhere you go, man, and you know. As just as as just as a musician, man, you just appreciate you know live music in general, you know. And coming from Chicago, where we have so many places, let me tell you, I've lived in multiple multiple places across this country now. If you're born and raised in Chicago and you ain't never lived somewhere else outside of Chicago, 
you don't realize how fortunate you are with live music. Yeah. There are so many venues in that city. Not that just live music, but an actual city, having a city, that city feel. Yeah, yeah. Because when I came down south, I, I was too young to appreciate it because I was so used to being from the, uh, from the city. Mm -hmm. Years later, I learned to appreciate the peacefulness of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just being able to speak to people and just get home. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, being able to walk outside in, in a yard and not hear nothing, but you can hear crickets and you can hear frogs and you can hear everything else. I enjoyed that, man. I enjoyed that. I, I, I do thoroughly enjoy it. I think uh, my wife and I, we've had many conversations and I think, you know, our ultimate goal here is, is when we're looking at our real estate, you know, aspect of how we want to deal with that. Uh, you know, we'll pick our spot. It'll probably be in a city that we pick our place to raise the family. Okay. But there will definitely be a priority to find a second house, even if it's a small cabin or something like that outside. And then when it comes time to retirement, it'll probably be reduced city to a condo and just have a, a nice retirement house somewhere out in the woods. I don't think either one of us could ever give up living in the city. And both of us have a heart for Chicago, you know, uh, this and, is, and it's just something about it, man. As crazy as it is. It is, man. And I even had a little dose of being able to live like right there in downtown for a little bit. I got to live in Marina City for a little while over there. So uh, that was like a totally different vibe of living in the city itself. And, you know, and, and um, I, I don't know, man. I can see myself as like a retiree just keeping a nice little condo in one of the nice little high rises or somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And just coming back into the city. High Park, I love High Park a lot, man. I really do. I like I like those old high-rise buildings down there and the old condos and stuff like that. When you were here, did you get a chance to come over this way? Because, you know, I'm in High Park. No, nah, I didn't get a chance to get down to that far. Uh, we, we pretty much, where we got married at was, uh, uh, we got married at the Aeon Center, actually, uh, at the okay. American Club. We okay. had a small little ceremony over there. And um, so we stayed right there at the Hyatt Regency. And uh, my mom, like I said, she lives right over on the other side of the river. And then uh, I'm working uh, right there. I was working. Yeah, man, man, I should have hit you up, bro. It was just a crazy wedding week, bro. Right there, Chris. Right there. Man, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll be back soon, man. <laughs> yeah, so, over here in Hyde Park, they've done, they put up some uh, rather new buildings over the last two or three years, man. So okay. Whenever you get get over here, you're gonna be like, where the fuck did all this shit come? It's a lot of new, nice. lot of new structures being built over there. I'm glad to see that, man. I feel like the South Side has been neglected for far too long, man. And there's so much beauty down there, man. That yeah. that there's so many, man. Like one of the one of the neighborhoods, I think. And this is again, I grew up in Cicero area, but one neighborhood I think it's has been way underestimated in its architecture. It gets slept on because of its reputation. Is Lawndale. Lawndale. Mm, yeah. Yeah, the West West Lawndale. Yeah. The Greystones in West Lawndale, man. Oh, I love those areas over there, man. It's There's a so few neighborhoods like that. And I just wish like these not to and not to badmouth nobody, because I don't think I'm really gonna do that, but I just wish these entertainers, man, that come from this city would come back and establish businesses or buy up some of these 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 places and, and redo them, you know what I mean? And and, and bring back economic growth to these areas because it's needed like you, you like you saying these graystone buildings like what would be wrong with having uh 
a nice garden over there with some nice restaurants where people could just walk up to and, and be able to chow and just leave, man. Like, and, and maybe, maybe they have done it. Maybe just the tax on the city, because this is a, this, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a mob town. You know what I mean? Like they, they do so many things to, to, to keep you out of things. So maybe it's that, but I, I don't know, but I, I would just like to see more of our, our entertainers and those who have the, the, the position and power to, to to explore that notion, you know, to come back and just say, hey, I'm gonna put a business over here or a business over here, you know. It's and, a tough time to do that, man. The south side and the east side and the west side look so much better than what it is, you know. Uh, Chicago's a hard city to do that in, man. And even when you look at uh, entertainers um, that are from, like the suburbs and stuff like that. Uh, even they, they, that when they have tried to come back and open up businesses, I was just reading this, like uh, Billy Corrigan, right? Okay. Smashing Pumpkins, right? He grew up in, uh, I think, Highland Park or something like that, or somewhere, you know, somewhere up in the North Ridge there. But he tried to come back, and he tried to open up, like, a, I don't know, some fancy tea store, you know, and tried to keep things going up in that neighborhood and stuff. And that only lasted like six years and it was lost money every single year. Wow. Wow. So, and there was another one, somebody else, I think John Cusack had something up in Will Met that they were talking about over there that again, it was only open for like five or six years and it, it tank fired down all the restaurants that have opened up here by Chicago, uh, like entertainers and stuff. And and they were talking about like all these things. And the reason why a lot of this fails is because Chicago is a pay to play place. It's that model. So, yeah. And, and, and if you don't pay to play with the right mentality and the right people in this city, Absolutely. you'll quietly, you'll get, you'll quietly get brushed away. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and they'll do it. And they'll do it in front of you with a smile. Violation there. They add up. They do. Yeah. And uh, it really turns a lot of people off from that. And, you know, it's, it's people who are not from Chicago don't understand that mentality, can't understand it. We'll just change it. Why are you allow that to happen? Uh, you know, you got to really, that's a long conversation that I don't think we're ready to get into right now. <laughs> no. no, not right now. <laughs> no. Not but, right now. But I think that's what keeps a lot of those people away from 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 our our great city like that. I think, yeah, and it's and sad. For a while, no one would be <laughs> here because they were saying like that there's so many taxes and all this stuff that you have to go through, all this red tape just to get things done in Chicago. And over the last was it last ten years, you've seen mm -hmm. those kind of just like move out the way. Where you have yeah. doing movies, and then the Batman movies came here and stuff like that, but. It's too much red tape, man. They need to cut that shit out. Like let let people be a lot. Uh, let people enjoy the city the way it should be enjoyed. Like exactly. Stop that's making that's it about. Stop making it just about you know. Oh, I got to get paid, and I got to get paid. And I, I understand like people do have to get paid, but make it make it where everyone can enjoy it, and then you can get you can get whatever it is on the back end or whatever. But that's just me talking some shit, and I don't know nothing about. It. I tell you one thing that I give, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna light up a little New York Chicago rivalry here on this one, and and it's and it's gonna actually be in favor of probably New York. Isn't that funny? <laughs> so one thing I think that Chicago does wrong, uh, after living out here on the East Coast and living so close to New York City, 
they try to mimic New York City on a lot of these regulations and how to milk money out of the upper class. What Chicago does not have that New York has is a uber-rich class of people that live there. Absolutely. Chicago has a rich class, but they don't have that uber-rich class, okay? That, that, that generational money that's been there for going back to, you know, the start of the country kind of money, yeah. you know? Yeah. There's a lot of that that's all up and down this area over in this area. And, and what New York is able to do is able to tax the hell out of those people. And those people, obviously, they get it back through giving they, – they find the opposite side. They're doing charities and other ways, and that's how they get it back. But they collect a large tax on it, so much so that actually when people are leaving New York, like anybody who makes over 500K a year or more that moves a permanent resident out of New York, it's 100% chance they're going to get audited by the IRS. Just so New York can milk that final dollar out of them. Get it all back, huh? Just to get it out of all of them. Wow. But New York has a large enough population of those people and a large enough commerce to justify, it. okay, well, if they're leaving, we got more that we're making up right here. Yeah. Right. So they're creating them. Chicago ain't creating them like that. No. So you can't be trying to milk and take that uber rich money away from it. You've got to loosen up, like you were saying, some of these red tapes and stuff like that, which if you go to the extreme other side, the extreme leftists, they ain't going to like that. You know what I'm saying? Why are you giving these rich people tax breaks and stuff like that? You know, allowing business to come down. Tax break, though. Exactly. So, you know, you got to you get one side or the other that's kind of saying, you know, that ain't fair. But in my opinion, I think you're right. I think if you loosen that up, yeah, you put more money into that 1%, but that 1% will at least get some more revenue and some more opportunities into this one. And if we educate the 99%, we can maybe get closer to where we ain't. We're more closer to a hundred, you know, and not such a big gap, you know, I mean, that's just kind of how I view it. You know, I, I feel like you just, just loosen up a bit, man. Like, let people come in here and, and, and enjoy the city and move all that bullshit out the side. That way we people can speak more. Hey, they're doing this in Chicago. They're doing that in Chicago. The same way with Atlanta, right? People come down there, they enjoy it, they have a good time. They peace out. You know what I mean? Like, let people enjoy the goddamn city, man. And yeah. on another note of that, of business, it's, it's sad to see that. They may be thinking of closing Navy Pier, or they are going to close it. I know. Well, you know, that's uh, – I think that's part of – a lot of remodeling or rebuilding over there too, right? They did, man. But you know what, though? This is where I actually give Connecticut a lot of good uh, – I give Connecticut a lot of praise. We got one of the lowest COVID rates, you know, whatever it means down here right now over here. But what they what they didn't do was they never closed our beaches, they never closed our parks, uh, and they immediately at the beach out there in Connecticut. Oh yeah, it's, bro, it's been like nineties, man. It's been crazy hot. I, I I feel like South Florida this summer mostly, bro. You get nasty humidity. Yeah, it gets way worse humidity here than we get in Chicago. Oh yeah, because you get the trade winds that come right up the the Atlantic coast right there, man. And it's just like uh, okay, yeah, unaware. I was unaware. It doesn't get as cold does not get nearly they don't know what cold is out here but i will say yeah, like freezing like that crazy i mean they, yeah they get cold but you know like their polar vortex is like you know <laughs> minus six you know what i'm saying okay i'm like minus six i'm like that's like a normal you know that's january normal. day yeah. <laughs> i'm like, I'm like minus 26 maybe you know yeah, <laughs> it's like back, 
it's minus 26, but yeah. But um, no, it's uh, Connecticut did a really good job with that, and they allowed the business to slowly reopen in ways uh, that they've crippled some businesses, but they, they really did try to do their best to allow it to reopen while also being conscious of the safety guidelines and stuff like that. They were, they really took into embraced into the heart of, all right, well, we can't stay locked down forever. We have to, we have to figure out how to live with this virus and commerce still has to go on. And there were, of course, we're still not in the final phase of opening up either here. They haven't done everything a hundred percent great, but they've done a pretty good job in my opinion of trying to minimize that crippling of businesses closing and, and yeah, service industry. Uh, they, they, they spent a lot of state resources in making sure that like the unemployment uh, was backed and stuff like that. So I, I was actually pretty impressed for us. We had minimal effects in our day-to-day life with this okay. COVID thing. What, what the, the biggest effect was our, our entertainment aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Besides having to wear a mask and lines, but even lines here weren't that bad. Okay. So, yeah. I would have thought it would have been, you know, that those winters up there would have been tough, man. They're they're brutal with the snow. A lot Ooh. more snow out here. The snow hasn't been hasn't been much of shit for the last. Last year wasn't that bad. I I never forget, man, the first year we moved here, man, I had like five feet of snow on my balcony at one point. What? We got, we got like, we got like three Mondays in a row. I got introduced to what they call nor'easters. So nor'easters are like lake effect. You just don't want to hear it, right? You know, you know, once they say lake effect snow, you're like, oh, hell, that's not good. You know, you're about to get a few inches on the ground, right? They say nor'eastern, same thing. Oh, hell, you're about to get a foot of snow on the ground. And a foot of snow ain't uncommon, bro. Like, Damn, no problem. 18 inches. There's a Saturday morning for you. Go on with the day. <laughs> I know you got like the, the the riding mobile where you get the snow blower. I had uh, I had to get rid of the, the Jettas and I had to go four wheel drive trucks. So I got myself yeah. a truck and I got my got my wife a, a SUV. Hell yeah. <laughs> the little them little the little Volkswagens weren't cutting it out here in the snow, man. I'd be slipping and sliding all around the place, man, with that shit. You know, and they don't we they don't get to the roads quick out here. So So you're rural, rural for real. Like I mean, I've I've now been experienced to more rural areas than where I'm at, but yeah, in terms of where like where we're from in Chicago and stuff, yes, I am in rural. It, it is pretty <clears throat> like I, I could drive around and we got little family farms around here and you can just roll up to the farm and they they selling eggs or fresh baked apple pies or something like that, you know. That's what I wanted to ask you, have you started your own like gardening? Yeah, we got a little herb garden. My wife started that up this year. So we had like uh I think we did yeah, about four or five different herbs or something this year. So we've been getting a little bit more into the homesteading aspect of it now. So uh but I mean the farmers markets out here are, are awesome. It's just really kind of pricey because it's all okay. small stuff. Okay. Yeah. It's all family, small family, organic, you know. It's about as hipster as you can get. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, but my favorite time of the year is coming in out here, though, fall. I love, uh, yeah. Up until they get right around November 15th, I'm over fall, man. Like, I'm. I tell you what, man, the foliage out here, the foliage out here is uh, unlike anything I've ever seen. I'm it's sure amazing. it's beautiful. 
it's, it's I try, I've, I've become an avid outdoorsman out here. We go for lots of hikes. Uh, I want to get some paddle boards. I've got all the camping gear now to go hit the Appalachian Trail one time, so I want to go hit that up. So Okay. I've, I've, I've fully embraced living out in this area. I understand why, you know, LLB and REI exist and all those things now. So how, how, how often have you been to like the Appalachian Mountains? Uh, I mean, we kind of live in them. So, I mean, we live in part of the hills of it, but the, you get up north up into the Berkshire areas over by, uh, it's a northwestern part of uh, Connecticut and then the western side of Massachusetts. So we go up over there, um, and then we used to go up to Vermont a lot, uh, up and over there. We had a friend who had a cabin over there, uh, and we used to go to this little town. Oh man, Vermont is beautiful. It is. It's a. It's it's a very gorgeous state. So got, we went up to Maine last year, and did the Lobster Fest up over there in, in Rockland, Maine. Mm. So how was that? Yes, I, I got. A, I had a lot of lobster. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool. It just it rained. It rained. It was and it was gray and you know it was just kind of like a typical dreary New England port town. You know. Okay. Yeah. But no, it's been fun out here. But I'm ready for our next venture. So wherever that goes, you know, yeah. I'm ready for that. So. Yeah. But. How long does she have with school? She's writing her thesis now, so you know when she's done, she's done. Okay. So maybe at the end of this year, maybe beginning of next year, middle middle, you know, next summer at the latest. So she's kind of on that home stretch. She's kind of finalizing, getting it all written up right now. So it's a little different. Oh yeah, she's beyond frustrated. Yeah. Oh yeah, are you kidding me? It's just, she's at that overwhelmed part right now, so it's okay. it's a lot. Yeah, she'll get through it though. She's superwoman, man. It's you know. Where's the to make it that goddamn far, man? Like that's crazy. I I commend bro. her on, on doing it, man. Bro, I, shit, her drive and her determination is inspiring. Yeah, and I'm sure she talks about shit that you have no idea what the hell is going. On. No, I, I would enjoy that type of stuff. Yeah, she 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 does surpass me on the, on that part of that on on the education level and stuff like that. So, but it's all right. That's I think that's one of the fun things that we bring to each other in our relationship is uh, we come from such different backgrounds, but we've found such different. We found a way to really complement each other with with our strengths and our weaknesses. It's uh, I never would have thought I'd actually found like. That, that the one you know it's uh <laughs> as as growing up in my 20s i thought i'd have been a perpetual bachelor so <laughs> i'll tell you this it has its good side and its bad side i mean i think you you've known me for a while you know yeah there are some advantages and there are things that you like all right this is old you know? yeah yeah I just kind of, I think a little luck happened to happen that way, you know, just happened to cross my path and I just happened to say the right thing and, you know, that's about it, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I think think sometimes a little bit of the universe helps in those situations as Absolutely. well. So. Absolutely. <laughs> you feel like you were, you, you feel like you were ready? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can remember when I first started dating her, uh, uh, I was like, that's eh, something different. We need to really just 
see what happens with this one. Yeah. And then I kind of kept that open mentality with it. And then she hit me with a move to Connecticut. And I was like, what? Fuck it. Why not? I've already lived everywhere else. I ain't never in the East Coast. Let's try it. Right. And I, I still kind of like you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, let's do it right and then we got out here and that was a struggle that tested the relationship but it actually brought us a lot closer because we figured out how to work it and then uh you know right before like right during like when my my sister was 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 sick and stuff like that right before her passing that's when i really knew her i was like yeah she's the one you know so yeah that was and it out through those Big times, man. They yeah, I mean, the way, just, just how she handled herself through everything. She's there. She interacted, you know, everything in my life, you know, on, on, on wanting me to achieve my goals. And, you know, as much as is everything that I, everything that I was like, okay, let's try to give yourself some more to them. Let's give yourself some more to her. And the yeah. more I put out to her, the more I would see that she put out back to me. So that was what kind of was like, all right, that felt, let me feel comfortable enough to keep doing that. So it eventually got to the point to where everything was just out of the table with both of us. And yeah. then it was like, well, there ain't nothing left to do but to, to take that next step. So I'm going to wrap it on up. Uh, uh, yeah. as, uh, as the officiate said, he's like, what'd you guys meet? I was like, we met in 2011. He's like, you sure you're not Russian? <laughs> but, eh, you know, we took your time, man. We wanted to make sure. It's time, it's time. You know, that's exactly it. You know better you know? than anyone else will, right? Yeah, and I tell you what, man. You know, I now understand what people talk about when they like look at their bride coming down. They get a little misty eyed, stuff like that. Somebody who's a, <laughs> I was somebody who's a, that. yeah, bro. Somebody who's actually Ooh, had to like experience it, bro. Like, I, I, I can't. I, now that I have experienced that feeling, you know, you know how you you get some of those manly experiences, you know, every now and then that you just get it. You can't ever hate on another man for it, you know, yeah. it's like. Bro, I feel you. <laughs> Been there. Yeah, I, would, I would have just had liked to have seen it. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. He, he, this so. is it. This is it for him. I'm happy for him. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was, it was good. That was a fun thing because of COVID. So we had to keep that all spaced out. Like, I had everybody spaced out, like family members. You know, like my brothers and sisters were still sitting six feet apart from each other. Crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a crazy thing, you know. It's a, just a crazy time to even think about that. Like I have to be yeah. six feet away from someone. Yeah. You know, just yeah. for us to be able to enjoy ourselves. Or whatever. Yep. Um, oh. with, with where I work, they were doing events like that, where you know, um, if they were going to have an event, which they don't, they only had one, and, and uh, everyone had to be six feet apart. Oh. It was it was crazy, like just doing a setup for it. I was like, I'm doing, I'm doing banquets. This is not even my job, but yeah, uh, we, we we all came together as a team and we did it. And it's just like you you sitting there and you you're doing this to help. And it's like we're really doing this. Six yeah, like, we're really doing this right. Now. Like every room has to be done up. So it's like it was crazy, man. Yeah, it crazy. It was crazy to even to even do that. Cause I sat back after I got back to my office and I was like. I really sat table six feet apart, purposefully. You know, I just, mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's a just a weird time, bro. Yeah, it is. It ain't. Um, I can't. Uh, I'm really interested to see how history's gonna look back at this time frame. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, 
next in the next two to five years, like how are they going to document this year? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Everything that that came with it. Cause like, is this just like okay, like twenty twenty was just like the head, and things are going to start getting better, or is like, is this like, hey man, we're gonna look back at twenty twenty and be like, hey, that was a great year, you know? <laughs> like that's what I'm concerned about. Like, where are we going with this? You yeah, know? Because I hope this is. <laughs> I'm hoping this is the peak and not descending, man. I hope I hope it's the peak, man. Oh my god, man. Oh my god. So I would I would hate for it to for it to be that way because I'm really hoping that I get to go back to enjoying movies, man. Like I I really want to go back to to go on to the show. Uh, there's a movie Tenant that's coming out soon that I'm in, very interested in going mm-hmm. to see. Um, I don't know about anything else, but that movie specifically is a, is a movie that I had my eyes set on. And when this happened, they, you know, they slowed it, they slowed it down. But now that they're saying they're going to open it back up in theaters in September, I think. Oh, that'd be nice. It's a movie that I, 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 I really want to see, man, but you know, you never know who you're going to be in a the theater with, you know? I know, man. Like, out here, we, we, we got into it last year. We got into fair season last year. Okay. You know about county fairs, bro? Yeah. 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 Let me tell you, I didn't know about county fairs. Woo! The the food? <laughs> That's all we did last year. We went to like seven or eight of them during the fall season. Wow. And, all, and they all canceled this year. And there was like so many things. Like I had like, I had like, I had weekends planned, man. Like, okay, I'm going to go and get this and get this and get this. And we got this food ready to go. Or everything from caramel corns to fresh made donuts to these apple cider donuts to, all gone all gone all oh, gone oh it ain't cookies in a bucket cookies oh. in a bucket cookies in a bucket bro <laughs> what <laughs> i'm saying you name it all the bad stuff it's like the, it's the total like just get you cushioned up for winter kind of kind of mode you know what i'm saying like so that's so, I mean, like, it's just a bucket of cookies. Like, is it a variety? yeah, like a bucket of no, a bucket of chocolate chip cookies? Okay, I just, yeah. They got the steamed cheeseburgers, so it's an actual it's a burger, but they steam it instead of grilling it or anything like that. And then they take a big pile of steamed cheese that's all melted and gooey, and then they just melt them together, and it's fucking delicious. What? Yeah. Maybe maybe I might have to take a trip up there, man. Connecticut's the home of the hamburger. Yeah. Yeah. And they treat hamburgers like the way we treat hot dogs. No ketchup. No ketchup. No ketchup. I I put went to put ketchup on the ha- hot on the hamburger and I would have thought I was trying to put ketchup on a hot dog. <laughs> they yelled at me so quick. Really? Yeah, it was like what? No. Do they have brewer like uh beer breweries there for you? Oh yeah, they got a lot of breweries and stuff like that out here. Oh yeah. So they try to tell you that they got the best pizza here in Connecticut, but they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. Good luck with that. Uh, hey, they got some good pizza out here. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it, it, it's not cardboard and plastic like I've had in other places across the country. But uh, it ain't it ain't Chicago pizza. Yeah. And, and let's not – we have to say, it doesn't have to be deep dish to be a – That's what I'm saying, bro. Can I get a home run in thin crust? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm a big fan of Italian Fiesta. As greasy as that pizza is, mm-hmm. I love that fucking. Go to uh, Falco's, 55th and Archer. Oh, 
No, no, it's not. No, it's fifty fifth. No, no, where is it? Falcos forty 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 something in Archer is what it was. Oh, Falcos is fun. Falcos is awesome. Yeah. Oh. A lot of good food, man. I miss I miss the Chicago food, bro. I do. I, as a matter of fact, when I was when I was there, we stocked up. I picked up a bunch of Vienna beefs and some of the uh, Supremo Chihuahua cheese because we can't find the Chihuahua cheese out here. Really? Nah, bro. It's not a very. It's not a large uh, uh, Mexican population here in Connecticut. A lot of uh, a lot of Islanders, a lot of uh, Dominicans and Puerto Ricans. So Mexican food selection is not nearly what we have back in Chicago. So, like, when we went to go find, like, our chorizo and some of the other things that we wanted, it was, so it was kind of difficult. they have good Dominican joints there? Oh, yeah, man. We got some great spots, bro. Uh, some great Jamaican places as well, too. Mm. So, they got some good dance hall locations to go to. Uh, I mean, some Puerto Rican food everywhere out here, bro. It's, it's, I mean, like, on that aspect of it, there's a lot of good stuff. A lot of good jerk chicken spots, you know? So... One spot they got over here in the town over, it's called Jamaican Me Crazy. They got real good jerk chicken. They got, yeah. So, no, man, that's, uh, yeah, they got a lot of that stuff. Like, they take you over to the south end of Hartford, you know, and that's where you find a lot of that stuff. So, Hartford's, uh, it's like two neighborhoods. It's like the size of like two neighborhoods, maybe three neighborhoods in Chicago. But it's got, but it's actually about, eight or nine different neighborhoods itself in the city. So gotcha. it's, it's, it's a small city, but it's pretty cool. I mean, but uh, they don't, uh, they think they're bigger than they are. <laughs> the I little city. That. I can see that. Yeah. But it's a cool place. I like Hartford. Yeah, I don't know where they from. Yeah. Yeah. But they got a cool little park. The Capitol buildings, like the oldest Capitol in the country, Capitol building in the country. So, History-wise, it's been really cool living here in New England. I will say that. Learn a lot about the country. Okay. Good. So, good. At least you're getting out and enjoying it. Trying to, man. I'm trying to get out there and take advantage of wherever I'm at. So. Yeah. yeah. But no, man. That's uh, that's that's pretty much the life of uh, Chris Hazlett, man. That's just <laughs> been, you know. We just uh, out here living our own simple life here in Connecticut. Uh, Stores, Connecticut, basketball capital of the country, they like to say. Yukon. <laughs> <laughs> All day, man. I have to see one more Ron a- or a Ray Allen uh, reference out here. Jesus Shuttlesworth. So, I mean, he did what he was supposed to do while he was on the court. And he had a pretty yeah. good basketball career in the NBA. Hey, he like, did, man. Let's not diminish his accomplishments. No. But, you know, I'm from Chicago. Yeah. And there's this guy. Uh, they call him the GOAT. The GOAT. Yeah, man. So. Hey, I'm going I'm to go back to sports, though, real fast. I don't know uh, what side. I'm pretty sure you're probably a Sox fan, but maybe you're not. Uh <laughs> I am. Uh, all right, so I'm a, I'm a, I, I started this one up with my boys the other day and, and got them on the controversy and leave this for a little food for thought. 2005 Chicago White Sox, greatest Chicago championship team of all time. You have an 11-1. You have an 11-1 playoff with a World Series sweep. 
Eleven and one and a World Series sweep. Okay, but how many World Series championship teams? I'm just saying that one single team, just just that one year, just the one team, the one the one year, the single team. I can get that to you because there's only how many on there. That's what what I'm saying, though. Like, whatever championships in Chicago. You've taken the Hawks championships, all the Bulls championships. All all of Chicago. Of all of Chicago. Oh, man, please. What Chicago team had a better playoff run that ended with a championship? Not even the Bulls had that good of a record, bro. No, they didn't. Not not as far as playoff. Not, not even when they went 72 and 10 did they have that good of a playoff they, they record. Had some, they had some series where they, you know, four and two, four and three, but I still, man, like, to be <laughs> six times, though. Hey, I don't – hey, that, that that's that's a dynasty, and that, that I give the Bulls, that's totally different stuff. I'm talking about – Just one year. Just this one single year, that team of a Chicago teams of all the championships, because you got all the championships added up. That championship team, in my opinion, was the greatest single team and single championship in Chicago history. Was it them or was it the Bears then? I think it was better than – well, now the Bears The Bears is interesting because they had such a dominant season. And this is where I've had my other boys were, were, were talking about that. And they were believing that the Bears, 85 Bears, was a better team. But my argument was is they didn't have to play as many playoff games as what the White Sox had to do. So you actually had to play – you had to go 11-1, and one, and then you also had to play a series, and you win a sweep in that series. So if you compare it to baseball to baseball in that terms and football to football, that's a harder thing to do in baseball than just going through and winning out in the playoffs in football because that's what you have to do. You have to win out in the that's playoffs. That's not their setup, though. I don't know. That's kind of hard to decide. That's why it's tough. That's why it's a debatable one. When you think about it like that, you're talking about 11 and one through a playoff through playoff series. Mm-hmm. Football is just one and done, right? It's just one. Yeah, it's just one so, and done. If we went well, if I said the Blackhawks, it still isn't the same. Nope. Because now Blackhawks, and you could compare because you're talking they had to play a series. But they still lost games, though. Like, but they, they still lost them. games, and they never had as dominant playoff run as the White Sox had. They just more. It was it three and five. They had, years? they had three and five years, which was a which is probably that's the second greatest dynasty in Chicago, next to the Bulls. Is the is the Hawks? I give them that. Yeah, because there was only two leeways. So, <laughs> I, I, so I would agree with the Sox. Just I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I would. Just... I don't know, man. I've been talking to all my boys about it, man, and getting all their opinions on it. So I've had some people agree with me, and some people. Adamantly say no. Now my my wheels are going. It's like, man, I don't know, man. That's very hard to. Uh... I'm also partial because that was my favorite championship of all of Chicago sports too. Was watching the White Sox win in the World Series. You know, that I, I don't want to diminish like the the accomplishments of all the other sports teams. Too. True. No, don't get me wrong. I I grew up as the '90s Bulls kid, man. That's, that's, uh, nah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so believe me, I, I believe you. And I even went and saw Michael Jordan play baseball, okay? Jeez. <laughs> the I, I, so I, 10 season was bananas. Crazy, man. Because they crazy. weren't even trying to do it until they looked up. And they were like, oh, we, we could win. And what do you say, Scotty says? I mean, we could win all these games. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. 
No, it is crazy, man. No, in terms of the dynasty, that's one of the greatest sports dynasties ever. I mean, I put them up against the the sixty the, the Bill Russell uh, 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 Laker. I mean, uh, Bill Lakers, Bill Celtics, any day of the week, man. So you know, I which Celtics? <sighs> there's a Russell error, then there's a Bird error. Yeah, there's a Bird error too. You know, yeah, man. I, I, you know, this is where some would argue, man, had Jordan not taken his hiatus, the Bulls would have just had eight in a row. I mean, really, who would have beat him in those two years? I mean, and this is always – it's all theoretical. They lost one. Yeah, I think they what? won. Could have. But do you really think that Houston would have still made it both times? And if they did make it both times, Houston would have taken them out in the championship? They would have had to get taken out in the Eastern Conference. They would, cause they would have, they would have ran through Houston. I don't know, man. The dream, bro. Team Olajuwon, bro. I know we still got Mike over here, but <laughs> you think I, I came and just gonna be like I'm gonna lay down and just take that? No, I just, I, I just, but maybe it's a tough one. Yeah, but some would argue that. Maybe eight for eight, maybe seven for seven. I just think that Mike taking that year off gave him enough energy to be rejuvenated. You know what I mean? And and, and come back. Yeah. Who's to say what they just? Would have gassed out. I think no. would have gassed out. And and in no form do I want to say Mike Mike couldn't do it because he can hit levels that can't no. There's another gear to the car that he can hit that can't nobody else hit. So yeah. I'm sure he would have figured out something with that. Oh yeah, uh, I just I don't know, man. My only thing about that is, in the course of one of those championships, the general manager wasn't the best. So would you have actually drafted players to back up my? You you get what I'm saying? And and make mm-hmm. sure they had the correct role players around those guys to make sure that they just didn't wear out them wear themselves out and just be done with them. Like I would have liked to see them put guys in a mix to make sure that that dynasty kept rolling for a while and we yeah. uh according to last dance this was a dude that was shitty at his job the way they made it seem you know yeah i think they did they they didn't film kraus they didn't portray kraus i think in the best way i think kraus uh well my opinion kraus wasn't by any means a saint uh but i think there was a little bit of a biasism on that because this was jordan's boy who was putting this together so Jordan had his own perspective on that relationship, and I think that heavily weighed in the production and of of this. Uh, nor do I th- – I don't think Kraus – I think he had a little man complex. I think he did some things that Absolutely. were shitty to the players and stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't think it was uh, – I think for every shitty thing that he did, Jordan, Pippen, and those guys were right there doing all those shitty stuff. They just happened to omit all that stuff out of it. And that, that it wasn't a just a quick, quick uh, Kraus was just trying to pick on me kind of a thing. It was, yeah, sure, Kraus probably said something, but you know what? You're not the type of guy to just lay down and take it either. So you're going to say something right back. Contributed. You know? And then and what's he going to do? He ain't going to do it. And then next thing you know, when you got two bulls that are button, they're just going to keep button, and that's going to be fire. And it even, over, well, it even overflowed into where the Zen master was even that way, okay, that – even Phil Jackson. What if what if Krause was a complete asshole? I'm sure he was. 
I'm sure at the end he was a complete jerk. But I think where he could have done better, that he failed completely, that he should have done because he was the senior management, is he should have figured out how to just keep his personal feelings to the side and keep business as usual. This is where Krauss completely failed and lost control of that situation. Absolutely. This is where he, he was. No matter how many championships you win, you guys aren't coming back. To me, that, that's a statement that says, oh, I already have it in my mind that I don't need you guys to succeed. Exactly. We all know that. Exactly. He didn't know how to work with the talent that he had at that time, and that's why it was his own shortfalling from that. Yeah. But I think he got to that point because of the way what we were talking about earlier, the two people's vibes – they, they just didn't seem to vibe with each other. The way Kraus acted and the way Jordan acted, they just didn't mesh with each other in any ways. And they always rubbed each other the wrong way. Absolutely. And there was never a, 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 a median in there to split it up and let's try to – and if there was, it just got ground down so far that it was eventually completely gone away. I feel like that should have been Reinsdorf's job to, to step in. Like, all right, look, Reinsdorf, that are guy. We, are we winning championships or are we just fucking around and – and talking shit to each other because I'm like, Ryan, guys Ryan, he's a slimy, he's a slimy billionaire, man. Reinsdorf. I mean, he's, that's crazy. That's crazy. I, he the greatest player in the world, two of the top 50 players in the world. You had the top rebounder on your team, and you couldn't figure out how to keep that together and then mm-hmm. build pieces around them like every other team that's been a dynasty does. They put in pieces, man. They just drop in pieces. Yep. Wow. I agree. So, man, it's been real, bro. I've enjoyed this. Oh, shit. It's 9.04. What time did we start? Seven? Yeah. That's two hours, my guy. <laughs> yeah, man. No. You want to you wanna, uh, quit it right here? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to quit it right here on, on you, man. It's already 10 o'clock my time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this, bro. This Absolutely, is, uh, I appreciate you uh being a guest and, and agreeing yeah. to do, uh, with me, man. I, I, I thank you for that. Uh, it's my honor again, man. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, when you got them launched off, man. Yes, so, indeed. It'll take a while. Like, I want to make sure I got enough going on, you know. Yeah. Throwing them out there on the web forever, you know. For real? No, I get you on that. Definitely yeah. understand that. So, are you gonna be are you gonna be putting together the video as well too with it, or just the podcasting? Or I'll probably just drop it as a podcast, or and then like do like small segments leading up mm-hmm. to the actual one, like a, a prequel of the actual episode, and then nice. I'll drop it like a maybe a minute video, you know, like those uh Instagram videos or yeah, yeah, yeah. two minute video on YouTube or something like that. Spotify, I don't know. And oh. Actually, drop the, the actual uh, podcast or video, and then let people yeah. to view it. Nice. Yep. I'm looking forward to. It. I hope you got. I uh, hope I gave you some content today. Yeah, man. <laughs> Me too. So, hey, all right, man. Anything you want to plug real quick before we? Before we yeah, talk? man. You know, uh, I just tell you, man. Not looking to promote anything else but myself, which is Chris Hazlett, you know, and uh, and and promote other people to 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 find themselves as well too. That's really my bigger thing, man. Absolutely. 
I think, uh, I think, you know, for me, things will come, you know, my name is, we'll, we'll, we'll build a reputation as I continue to invest into that. Uh, I think I want to, I want to see other people take those same kind of things and start investing into themselves. And, and I kind of, you know, when I, when I see, I get excited when I hear friends, you know, doing stuff like podcasts and things that are outside the box and you know, everybody's just making moves for themselves, man. So that's to me, that's uh that's that's thoroughly enjoying to see. So. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, man. Thanks so much, man. Love, man. All right, man. Take care, bro. All right, you too. Peace.